They create snapshots of life. Welcome to the place where lyrics ignite meaningful conversations. I'm Angela Poe Russell, and this is Lyrics to Life. Hip-hop artist Dave B usually likes to keep his music light. We might just talk about relationships or whatever. Like, let's keep it very surface level. Busted at the corner store. Busted at the corner store. His soulful voice and smooth flow earned him the hook and a verse on Macklemore's Corner Store. Corner Store, 2 a.m. Got some mango high chews a bag of chips. But every artist reaches a crossroads, and Dave B took a path that caught our attention. But the point being made is you devoted a second verse to black women. It's not just about like cis black men. It's way bigger than that. It's like all black lives have always mattered. Not protecting our black women enough. How you come down on her always? She stay building you up, seeking refuge, end up dead, and wonder why she don't trust. His new song, Worthy, born out of frustration, but inspiring joy. That's the focus of today's Lyrics to Life. It was obvious to so many people, like what the conditions were in the world, in our country, you know, at the time when you wrote the song. But I'd love to know more about what were the conditions happening inside your head and your heart at the time. What were you going through? I was, um, well, just on Father's Day, I was frustrated. And after we got done uh, going out and, and protesting out here in L.A., I was just upset, I feel like. And uh, I, I, I feel like that was my only way of getting it out. I didn't. And then when I when I got to the hook part, I didn't want to keep that energy going. I kind of wanted it to be uplifting and just let people know that they're worthy because I'm like, you get to, a lot of people get to post their little black square and, and they get to do whatever they do on social media and then they kind of get to throw it to the side and kind of get to ignore it and they don't have to live it. But like what we were talking about that day after we got done marching, we were like, well, we have to wake up every day and we still have to be this. Like I got to walk outside every day and I still am worried about what might happen if I do the wrong thing, say the wrong thing, or if someone's uh, afraid or feels threatened or whatever. So it's like, we don't really get to turn it off. So when I was just writing, it was, it was just a lot of frustration about, damn. And it'd be your own people too, like my own friends that aren't black, like they just post it and it's nothing. Or they don't want to check in and be like, how you doing? I was just mad about any number of things and I just, it just all came out of me. And as I understand it, you didn't plan to release the song. This was just your frustration and yeah. how, how you were feeling. It was just super personal. And I don't know why I even sent it to Warsami. I think I sent him a bunch of songs that day. Warsami, is he your manager? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you sent it to your manager thinking. He called me later that night. Uh, oh my goodness, this is, this is the next one. This has gotta be, this has gotta be the next one that we put out. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. And at that, by that point, he had already shared it with a bunch of other people. And everyone else is like, let's get it out too. And I'm just like, I don't know. That doesn't feel like what I want to do. <laughs> but what, was, what was the hesitation really about? It was just, I just didn't want to, it felt like a lot of people were trying to, like, just come up off, like, Black trauma, felt like. Like, I feel like 
for me, when I was just talking about how like social media was looking to me, it just felt like, like trauma of black people was trendy or like it is trendy and people are just trying to capitalize off that. And I didn't want to seem like that kind of person because I'm definitely not. And I'm not even like a super political dude or anything like that either. I'm just, I just feel what I feel. And that's what I just wanted to leave that song, what it was, I got to get it off my chest. So I wasn't really pressed about sharing it or like making money off it or anything. Yeah. And then what was the turning point for you on that? Um, just talking to my family, talking to my friends. Uh, we were in a bunch of group chats. They're sending me a bunch of reasons why too. And then it was just kind of like, I couldn't combat it with anything other than my own selfish reasons. And I'm like, well, that's, it's way bigger than just me. So yeah. I just put it up there. And it's funny because that, that you would characterize it as selfish because on one hand, you're just thinking, look, I'm just not trying to be part of this whole what's cool right now or when this is real, like this is me, my skin, my experience, my story. Yeah. And then I'm potentially making money off of it. And I guess that just didn't feel, you know. Because yeah. typically in, in my music, I'm not really going that deep into I guess myself like that I'm trying to keep everything lighthearted. we might just talk about relationships or whatever like let's keep it very surface level and then that was just a part of me where I was like dang I really went there and I'm really about to put this out that's I was just, I think I was just afraid <laughs> I'm so glad you went there because that was a, a big reason why I wanted to talk to you because it was it was pretty you touched on a lot of things and usually on the podcast I kind of talk about the song as a whole but I think that you make a few powerful points that I'm like, we need to zoom in on that. So I kind of want to zoom in on your second verse, if okay. I may, um, mm-hmm. where you say, we're not protecting our black women enough. Um, how you coming down on her always, she stayed building you up, seeking refuge, end up dead. And I know I'm not saying it as you know, well as you, but the point being made is you devoted a second verse to black women. Mm-hmm. Well, we, Sam and I will talk about all the time how important Black women are. And when we were even talking about the song that night, um, I mean, we're, we're raised by Black women. And I was actually thinking about Twain, who got murdered um, not too long ago, and how she was actually seeking refuge and ended up dead. So that, that was another thing that I was really pissed off about. Etoyen Salau was a 19-year-old Black woman living in Florida. She was active in Black Lives Matter demonstrations. Well, on June 6th, she tweeted about being sexually assaulted. And at a bus stop later that day, she happened to share with the man what had happened to her, and he offered to give her a ride to church where she'd been staying. But instead, he kidnapped her. Eight days later, Toyin was found dead. Her killer also took the life of community volunteer Victoria Sims. We come from Black women. And all the black women in my life, I consider like my best friend, whether it's just my family or Mariah who's sitting right here. (laughs) But but yeah, I just wanted to zoom in on how important that is because all black lives matter. And that's even why we're we're donating money to um, some black um, black trans funds because it's not just about like cis black men. It's way bigger than that. It's like all black lives have always mattered. So I just wanted to highlight that. Yeah. 
What were your earliest experiences, if you think back? Like you said, you were raised by Black women, so you were part of that. Do you remember when it became apparent to you that maybe all lives didn't matter in the sense of how Black women were treated, either I don't know if it was something you saw in the music industry or just something you saw in your neighborhood. Was there a moment when you realized, well, this is an issue in our community? Um, I don't really remember my first encounter. Uh, I think, well, I, I actually, I think, I remember my mom and I were at this, this restaurant one time and uh, I guess my mom didn't tip as much as she was supposed to, but the dude literally ran out the restaurant to try to like confront my mom and was like actually coming at her crazy. And I remember thinking in my head, like, would he have done this if that was my dad who tipped like that? Or was he just trying her because she was a woman and he thought of her in a certain way? But I think that was my first time looking at that and actually seeing it. Aside from that, I, don't, I couldn't really tell you. Yeah. And in the music industry, I have to imagine, I can just say on my end, you know, being straight up, I don't feel like hip hop has treated women well. Um, um, we're called everything except the child of God. Um, <laughs> even, no, seriously. And then um, the other piece of it is, you know, how lighter skin is portrayed versus darker skin and what's considered beautiful. Right. And for you, what is, what's been maybe... Um, how has it landed on you? I mean, within the music context of the music industry. Um, me personally, I mean, what I do see with black women, and it's kind of crazy, like even just recently, Cardi B and Megan put out that WAP song and they're talking some talk on that song, but everyone's reaction to it was like, oh my goodness, they can't do this. This is so bad for our daughters, for our kids. I'm like, dude, 20 songs came out yesterday. Uh, men talking way worse. <laughs> Than, than this song right here, but it just seems like people just come down on women like that. But for me personally, just being black in the entertainment industry, I do see opportunities go to other people where I feel like they should have landed here. But I think that's just how, my mom always told me that you gotta work twice as hard just to still kind of be there. So that's just, I kind of just take that on the chin as I, I don't know how to change that. How did you get to be so woke on this issue, you think? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm, hello. Oh, you good. I'm just, I'm black. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm woke. I think I'm just black. <laughs> I think just, I think I just experienced, I'm just living this life where it's, I just talk about my own experience. I should probably do more research and get uh, better informed. I even say that in the song, but that I'm still on that journey where I can speak with a little more conviction. But for now, I'm just speaking on my experience. Yeah. I mean, you talk about um, people hating themselves. Where was that line coming from? The idea that we may be in some way hating ourselves I and how that ties to Black women. Well, when I see videos of like trans women being beat up and stuff by like a group of black dudes who still want to be who, who still want to be so black lives matter and everything it's like why then why like you must hate yourself if you could still look in the mirror see you as a black man every day and then go out and cause harm to somebody who's just trying to be they self too and 
yeah. No, that's for sure. I remember um, it was Kamala Harris who actually um, was talking about how we'll be judged as a country by how we treat black women. And she talked about black women being three to four times more likely to die in connection with childbirth. I actually came close to being one of them. Um, when the sons of black men, women will die because of gun violence more than any other cause of death. And she said, when black women make 61 cents on the dollar as compared to all women um, who tragically make 80 cents on the dollar. So, I mean, this idea that how we kind of treat black women um, and to your point, um, trans women, all, all black women, kind of that being our measuring stick. I mean, what's your reaction to that piece? I mean, that, those are some facts right there. Actually, I didn't know that. And that's why I need to get a little, a little better informed. Well, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. But yeah, it's just sad to see, man. And I think there's, there's more, there's definitely more that I and everyone could be doing. There's definitely more than that I could be doing than just making a song about it. I think what strikes me about you is I don't know if you understand how powerful it is to be seen in that way. Because as a black woman, I looked at the song and said, wow, thank you. You know, thank you for seeing me, for noticing. Because, um, I mean, being frank with you, um, I guess for those listening, you know, I live in the Seattle area and I've been living here for 10 years and I've often felt invisible here. And I've been on TV. Like, how can I be on TV and feel invisible? I mean, absolutely feeling invisible. And I think my daughters have felt this, you know, felt something similar. Um, I, I remember um, meeting with Roger Ailes, who was the head of Fox News at the time. And we, this was when Barack Obama was running for president. And he was sitting there next to me and he was looking at Michelle Obama on the screen and he said, she's just angry. She's so angry, you know? So I know, <laughs> I know you're shaking your head. I know it's ridiculous, right? Mm -hmm. So all these things, you know, kind of add up for me as a black woman, having all these kind of feelings. And then, so I'll add one more thing that may surprise you in terms of a fact, but when you look at the data, we, Black women and Asian men, are the, quote, least dateable, the least likely to become coupled. Right. So you yeah. can see why that would make someone feel invisible. And then you come with a song where you're talking about you want Black people to know that you're worthy, and you devote a second verse for people who look like me. And so that's why it meant something. Mm. Does that make sense? Definitely. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So that's why I was like, how'd you get so woke? Like what made you, what made you go there? You know? And, and that sounds like it was that case. Yeah. Just looking at, I mean, the, the women who raised me, the women that I'm around and just, I mean, I see you. Mm -hmm. Nobody else does. <laughs> I mean, for, for what it's worth, I see you. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's so sweet. Thank you. No, I see that. So what is, um, when you think about something I heard you talk about in a different interview, you talked about, the song also being about black joy. Mm -hmm. What does black joy mean to you? I think, I mean, that's, that's how I like to operate on a, on a wavelength of happiness throughout the day, even if it's not very realistic. And it, I feel like it, we are living in a time, and it's not even just now, it's not like 
it's not like black people being killed is a brand new thing. It's just being highlighted right now. But to wake up every day and still be able to put a smile on your face, knowing what's going on in the world, I think is powerful. Um, I think be happy. And in the video, I wanted to showcase that instead of, I don't know, like a bunch of people marching or rioting or any or something like that. Like, why can't we just, why can't we dance and cook and have fun and kick it like we normally do? It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to look so bad all the time, even if it is. There's more than one way to promote healing. For sure. You know, it's interesting because when I made the decision to stop being a news anchor, um, I felt really guilty at first because as a news, as a, as a journalist, our job is to go expose what people are doing wrong. You know, mm -hmm. so I, I see that as a noble profession that you are seeking out the truth. You're finding people who are doing the wrong things and you're trying to make it right. And so I took that profession seriously. So to all of a sudden cross over into where I'm doing more entertainment stories or the idea of it, I thought, well, gosh, are you taking the easy way out? You know, are you like abandoning your duty of, because I also saw as a journalist, you're, you're being a voice for people. Right. So there was this guilt kind of crossing over. But once I crossed over, I got a chance to see that, no, I'm, I'm spreading light and there's a role for that too. Yeah. You know, so both are needed. Mm -hmm. I mean, we need people to expose those who are doing wrong but we also need people to spread light. Yeah. And that's exactly what I'm doing when I tell your story and about um, your connection and, and your advocacy for black women, just, you know, in your words or through your music and, you know, or telling someone who's telling a story about someone who's overcome something. I mean, that's all spreading light. Definitely. And when, you know, when, when there's a dark place, don't you need some light? <laughs> for sure. That's how we're going to get through. <laughs> You know, one thing I didn't ask you about, and, and I think it's important as we're talking about your choice to approach it the way you're approaching it, mm -hmm. is what have your experiences been like as a black man? Um, me, I feel like I experience prejudice just like every other black person, I feel like. Um, growing up in Seattle, I can say that I, I can say that it's probably not as crazy as maybe like some of my other family or, or other people do experience, but I mean, it's still just as, I'm trying to like skip over these cuss words coming in my head. It's still as messed up. <laughs> still, thank you for doing that. We had a lot of, um, <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> just as messed up, man. And I still, and that's what we were talking about. I still have to wake up every day and be black. like. I don't drive anymore, but when I did, I was still, I see, when I see lights come on behind the car, I do get afraid. I still think about putting my hand on the dashboard, thinking about what my mom told me. My mom had this conversation with me before I even got a driver's permit. You know, somebody comes to the door, this is how you need to act. You need to yes, sir, no, sir. You need to keep your eyes and your hands forward. So I just, I'm experiencing just the same trauma as everyone else, I feel like. Yeah. Do you feel like you've had allies in the music industry, white allies? Um, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, nah, not really. I mean, yeah, nah, 
No, I can't. I can't say that I have. What would that look like to have one? I think when I was talking, just talking about certain opportunities that that I feel like should land on me and like our team and they don't, I feel like uh, a true ally would make sure that they, that that opportunity is, it can sit in front of you, I feel like. And I'm, I can, I feel like we can only do so much. Um, but when you have a certain power and you, and you act like you want to be down for this cause, I feel like you should use that power to make sure that this is seen or this is heard. I feel like silence can be just as dangerous. And I feel like a lot of white people in the music industry that I know choose to be silent when they don't have to be. Yeah. Um, what is your hope for Worthy um, in terms of what you hope it accomplishes? Um, aside from just, I mean, as many people as possible seeing it and hearing it, I just, I think the message of you being worthy of love and joy and respect, I just want to kind of ingrain that into people's minds and into people's hearts. Like walk around with that, walk around with that on your shoulders and, and the pain can be there too, but also have that, that I'm worthy and I need to be treated like that. I think just the message more than anything. Do you remember the moment for you when it finally sunk in that you were worthy? Um, I mean, I was kind of raised to think that way. <laughs> uh, my mom, my dad have always like preached uh, like love and, and self-respect into me. So I kind of have been blessed to be able to walk around like that. I could always find a reason to smile or dance or sing a song or something. And that's just because of how I was raised. And I think I try to do that through music or just like day to day being silly with the homies. Like, hey, let's not, I, I don't deal well with a lot of sad things. So <laughs> my escape is often to bring some light into it. But I've always walked around like, hey man, I'm worthy, I'm him, <laughs> like it's, it's fine. Yeah, and I love that you're making it um, this vehicle for charitable organizations too. Oh yeah, that was, um, I'm glad that we came up with that now and that, that was definitely helpful in, in a reason to put it out at all so that it wasn't just self-centered and about, because we are doing, working on like a, a project just for like, Davey stuff outside of this, but Worthy was one of those projects where I was like, I don't want it to be a part of that. If we do do it, it has to be its own separate thing and we have to make it make sense. So donating to these organizations was super helpful. So shout out to Wasami and shout out to Bailey for, 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 for putting that together. Yeah, well, I, know, I know that this interview in some ways was a little bit outside of your comfort zone because yeah, like that. That. <laughs> what was that? I don't do uh, too many interviews like that. Like yeah, this. no, I mean, most people don't. You know, I'm kind of um, a little more in depth. I love, right, I love good words. I love a good story. And I think that, um, you know, it's funny because people have the stereotype of rap. Okay, we're going to hear some bad language, you know. So, you know, it started, I was like, okay, I heard a curse word. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep listening. And I'm so glad I did because um, it's, 
I hope there'll be a clean version out. <laughs> oh, there is one. There is one. Uh, hey. Okay. I think before Tommy might have it. <laughs> okay. So we had a clean version coming out. And what's great is, um, yeah, I just thought it was, you had so much to say. So I hope that you go into your, your deep feelings more often. Oh, for sure. I'm, I'm trying to. Uh, we'll see if any of those songs come out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing. One thing I know that, that we were talking about earlier, and maybe it could have been in a different interview, but just the idea that um, it's my belief that 20 years from now, we're going to look back on this collection of songs mm-hmm. and to see how artists responded to what is a breaking point. Right. You know, and, and your voice is part of that. That's, that's going to be really cool, actually. If I do have kids one day, I can say, look what your dad did. <laughs> <laughs> and there he is, making it light. <laughs> I love it. Such a great conversation. Thanks to Dave B. for releasing this song. All proceeds from it will benefit three nonprofits. So download or stream the song. And for more information on the nonprofits or on Dave B., just head to Lyrics to Life on Facebook or Instagram. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to Lyrics to Life. If there's a song you'd like to explore and talk about, let us know on Instagram or send us an email to lyrics to life podcast at gmail.com. That's lyrics to life podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe. Until next time, I'm Angela Poe Russell.